They said getting started was the hardest part, but no one told you how hard it is to scale a custom service business. It's time for your team to step up, but your clients want you. Discover how to scale to seven figures and beyond by freeing up time and getting your team to run whole parts of the company so you can focus on scaling profits. This is the Hands Off CEO with Mandy Ellison. Hi, you're listening in to the Hands Off CEO podcast with Mandy Ellison. I have Steve Gordon here as our guest today. He is the CEO of Unstoppable CEO. Welcome to the show, Steve. Hey, Mandy. How are you? Great to see you again. Yeah, absolutely. It's always a pleasure. Um, Steve and I have known each other for, I don't know, it was like three or four years or so? At least, I think, yeah. I think we initially got connected because I invited him on to um, to either a podcast or a different show I was doing some years ago. So this is fun to have you on again. And um, you're launching another book right now. Is that right? I am. Yeah. We just launched a, a new book called Podcast Prospecting, which is oh, all about uh, you know, how we approach uh, you know, getting clients for high ticket services. Well, awesome. Well, um, I want to tell you a little, I'm tell you guys a little more about Steve Gordon. Um, one of the things I love about Steve Gordon, you know, near and dear to my heart, he generates results for clients. Like they, they stand by the results. And um, one of the things that I've seen him over the years do is consistently be innovating his service. And it's been a lot more about um, what is going to be best for the client versus like what would just be best for him and for his team. And that's something I really respect about Steve because I'm seeing him continually innovate his business model to be able to really be competitive be cutting edge. And that's something that, you know, at Hands Off CEO, we really value. Um, so Steve Gordon is a two-time entrepreneur, best-selling author of Unstoppable Referrals, 10X Referrals, Half the Effort, and, and also the Exponential Network Strategy. That's your new book now, right? Uh, no, the new book is Podcast Prospecting. Oh, I'm sorry. You, you actually said that. You, so um, he's also the host of the Unstoppable CEO podcast and has published over 400 articles on marketing and sales, for professional service firms. So his firm, the Unstoppables Agency, helps consultants and digital agencies land great clients by hosting their own podcast and using his proprietary podcast prospecting method. So um, that's a little bit more about Steve, um, it's his, his official bio. So, um, so, so Steve, you know, what do you, you're really big on, on moving towards, you're a marketing consultant. Like by, you, you've grown into become a marketing consultant and now you're moving into podcasts. So tell me about like what got you to this point and why are you now focusing on podcasting? Well, um, it, it's not because we're in love with podcasts. Um, it, I, I do think it's a great new medium um, and it is a new medium. I get asked that all the time now. Well, our podcasts, you know, uh, past their prime now. <laughs> no, we're just getting beginning. You know, this is the, the early days still. Um, but really, we came to it from a practical point of view. Uh, we work with business owners who don't necessarily want to become professional marketers. They want to do what they do. They want to work with their clients. They don't want to spend all their time doing the marketing for their own business. And, you know, for a long time, we did consult with them. We give them strategies. We lay out the plan. And then they would have to go and implement it. And the thing that we found out, ironically enough, is these very busy business owners didn't have time to go execute the plan. And one of the things that we've discovered about a podcast is 
it's sort of a Swiss army knife of marketing. You know, so for a business owner that isn't a great writer, you know, and doesn't feel inspired to sit down and, and write a 2000 word, you know, mega blog post on whatever their expertise is, chances are they could probably sit down and have a conversation with you or me about what they're really great at. And the podcast allows them to do what they're already naturally good at doing. And so it just, it, it really gave us a way to unlock within that business owner the, the real um, brilliance that they have, the, the great ideas that they have that they need to get out to the market um, and do it in a way that was, was really comfortable for them. So that, that's why we use that tool. Uh, so then how do you actually use podcasts to generate more business? Well, so I think it's, it's important for people to understand where a podcast fits in, in your marketing. And there are really two phases in, in marketing. And the, the first phase is starting new relationships, and we call that lead generation. And then the second phase is, is growing and deepening those relationships, creating trust, um, and staying in those relationships over the long haul, sort of getting attention and holding on to that attention. And, um, and the holding on part of that is, you know, drip marketing or nurturing, or whatever you want to call it. Well, where the podcast fits in is in that second part. And it is the, the, the place where most businesses, uh, frankly, they just fall down. They don't have a great system because doing that kind of follow-up means creating content. Uh, it means trying to, to have a new idea to be interesting on a regular basis, whether it's, you know, once a week or every other week or whatever. And for most business owners, that's just really difficult to do. So the podcast gives them an easy way to do it. All they've got to do is show up and talk, have a conversation like you and I are having, record it, and then it can get used in any number of ways. And so when we work with a, a client on, uh, on their marketing, the foundation is the conversation that they're going to have in, uh, in a podcast, but then it gets repurposed for social media and email marketing, all these other sorts of things. Where it really works to drive new business is with all of the, the leads that you have opened up a relationship with. And, uh, and it, it works by having you show up again and again and again with something interesting, usually because you're interviewing a guest. And we'll talk in a minute about how we use the guests to actually generate leads. But you're showing up with some interesting content and you're nurturing those relationships, the prospects that you want to do business with through hearing your voice. And so through that magical power of the human voice, they're getting to know you. And uh, it's, it's amazing. Andy. I'll have sales calls and people will, you know, tell me, Oh, so-and-so referred me to your podcast and I've been listening to it, you know, for four hours or six hours or eight hours. Well, imagine getting the opportunity to sit and share ideas one-on-one -on -one, because that's how the listener experiences the podcast. We all think of it as this mass medium, but it's really not. It's a one-on-one -on -one medium. You're just not there. But uh, it's this one-on-one -on -one medium. You're in their ears and they're hearing your ideas. They're getting to know you and your personality. So by the time they show up in a sales conversation, there's a lot of pre-selling that has happened. So I love this because what you're pointing out, I, I see the sales process as like the three different things. I think you, you pretty much said the same thing, like the leads, nurturing, and then the sales, the closing, right? Yeah. And um, I think that, that, that uh, many service businesses are just thinking about leads and closing and completely forget this whole middle piece, which is the authority building. So what, what I'm hearing you say, being able to, to, to have these interviews that they're 
they're listening to over time and following you, it's building that authority. And um, that authority, that's what I'm seeing, makes the difference between whether you can charge premium prices or not. And it's the difference between whether you have to be getting on sales calls to convince um, a prospect to work with you versus whether you're um, having them apply to work with you. Is that what you found as well? Yeah, very much so. So, I mean, authority is a big part of it. Um, I, honestly, to, to make this really simple, most businesses, most of your competitors aren't doing this anyway. So some of it is just about staying in the game longer than everyone else and persevering. And if you're the one that is there, I'll never forget my, my first business, which was a, an engineering consulting company. Uh, we did a lot of work for, uh, for the, a state agency here in Florida. And we very purposely put our office across the street from the agency's office. We were the closest. They had a pool of consultants that they, they hired under this contract, uh, about 30 consultants. We got the lion's share of the work because we were across the street. We were the at-hand provider. And when you're publishing information with a media platform, whether it's a podcast or an email newsletter or whatever, um, you can show up every week. You can be that at-hand provider because you're right there. You're in their world all the time. And I think that's a huge part of it. Now, at the same time, if you do this well, you will build authority. You will build the basis for being able to charge premium prices. And all of that, I think, is really important. You know, one of the things that, that we've noticed is that when anyone is buying a, a complex product or service, they really make three buying decisions. And you've got to get them to make all three of those buying decisions. And, and if you do your marketing well and you create authority, you can get them to make the first two most important ones in your favor before you ever meet them. So the first buying decision is they've got to decide that they have a problem and that it's important enough to them to spend money to solve. And that, those are two really key distinctions, right? But generally, they'll, they'll make those together. Um, and then the second is they've got to decide, Mandy, that you're the gal for them or I'm the guy for them. You know, everybody wants to have somebody where they go, yeah, I got a guy for that or I got a gal for that. And you want them to make that decision that you're the one they want to work with before you're in a sales conversation with them. And having a media platform like a podcast allows you to, to get in that position uh, more often than not. And then, of course, the third of those buying decisions is when they actually write you a check. That's the one we all care about, right? But if we do the other two really well, the third one kind of takes care of itself. I love that. And, you know, with these three buying decisions, what I am, I'm hearing is like these first two, I think that very the, the, the podcast does a really great job of doing that. And I know this because, you know, I just started working with a client who you know, also has a podcasting agency and you know how he found me is that he binge listened to our entire podcast and he comes up ready, money in hand, like, will you take me as a client? Like, that's the kind of, um, that's the kind of magic that good content marketing does, which is, uh, podcasting is a great medium for that. Yeah, it really is. Well, and, and one of the things I love about it over other mediums and, uh, you know, I, I probably came to podcasting a little bit late. You know, our, our latest podcast is, uh, is about three years old now. Prior to that, I wrote a daily email to our list every weekday. I wrote over 1,200 emails. Um, I don't recommend anyone do that. It's kind of crazy, but, uh, but I did. And it was a whole lot of hard work. 
um, it didn't work nearly as well as our podcast has worked, which is once a week. And the reason that it didn't work as well was because all of those emails were sort of a stream going by, you know, people would look at it when it showed up in their inbox, but if they subscribed today, they weren't going back to get all of the old ones. They didn't have a way to do that. With a podcast, somebody stumbles upon you or they get referred to you, which really happens more often than you would think. Um, if you've ever been to a networking meeting where everybody went around and shared their, their favorite podcast, you know how this works. So they find your podcast, they go, oh, this is pretty good. And then you just said the word binge. They binge listen. And that's really the behavior that you want. Um, that's, that's usually a pretty good sign that somebody is plugged in and, uh, you know, and is likely to become a client. Um, and so it's, it's great for that. Now, I get asked all the time, well, how do you generate leads with a podcast? And I'll be the first to tell you that podcasts do a terrible job of generating leads. And so the way that we do lead generation um, is we use, um, we use the podcast, but we, we pair it with another tool. We pair it with a book. And, you know, for most of our clients, we're helping them create a really great lead generating book. And the book is designed to speak directly to the type of ideal client that you want to attract and speak directly to the really big problem that they're grappling with so that we can get them to raise a hand. And when they raise a hand, you know some important things about them. You know, uh, you know who they are and you know what, what problem is on their mind at the moment. So um, our, our book, uh, Podcast Prospecting, the one we've just released, is a great example of that. So right in the title, it already filters for who we want. I want people who, uh, and the subtitle is all about high ticket sales. So I want people who are selling high ticket services, who uh, are looking for more clients, and who might be interested in having a podcast. Because if they're selling high ticket services, looking for clients, but really, really want to do Google ads, I'm not the right person for them. And so we work with our clients to build a book like that for them. Uh, we actually interview them uh, through the chapters of the book. We turn those into podcast episodes. So they have this really great pillar content. And then we have a copywriter go write the book for them. Um, and then that can be used to generate leads with, uh, we do it in a number of ways, but the, the primary way we do it is we go out and interview strategic guests, people who've already gathered together the audience that this client of ours wants to be in front of. And uh, we interview the guest, we build a relationship with the guest, then we turn around to the guest and say, hey, you know, Mandy, this has been really great. I learned a lot about your business. Um, I was thinking, I, I bet a lot of your, uh, a lot of people in your network, in your audience um, have, you know, have trouble with XYZ problem, you know, whatever the book is about, whatever problem you solve. And if you've picked that guest strategically, they'll go, yeah, as a matter of fact, they do. And uh, then it's very easy to, to simply offer, look, I've got this book that solves a problem for them. I'd love to give it to them as a gift from you. Would you be open to doing that? Most of the time, they're perfectly happy to do that because you're giving them a way to give value to the people in their business network or in their audience. And there's no cost to them. There's very little effort involved on their part. And it gives you a way to generate leads. Um, and so just within the first week of launching this book, I mean, we, we eat all of our own dog food. We did it with uh, one of our partners and generated 500 leads and a $30,000 deal within a week of that. 
Um, and and it, it, it can work like that. Does it always work like that? No, of course not, but it can work like that very often. Um, you know, and so uh, what we advocate is, you know, you interview people for a podcast weekly. That gives you 52 partner relationships during a year. You have this great tool that you can share through them, and now you've got a very consistent way to generate leads that's not dependent upon social media or Facebook or Google or any of those other things that, you know, where it's outside of your control. So you just, I think listeners should just go back and listen to what everything you just said there, because there was just so much gold. I'm going to have to like, to, to uh, rephrase a few things that you said, because one of the, what I'm, what I'm hearing about this is first have a lead attraction tool that um, really pre-qualifies whether someone is a good fit for you or not. And, and you perfect example with your title, the um, podcast podcast, uh, podcast prospecting. It's alliteration there, right? I know, I get um, you. <laughs> and, that's, and a distinction here that I want to point out to those of you who are listening right now is that joint ventures, doing it the traditional way, it sounds like a really great, brilliant way to, you know, just tap into someone else's list, do a webinar for them, but it's just not that simple. And especially as the market has changed, not many people are willing to put out those webinars and they don't actually, they're not nearly as effective as they used to be. Um, I know that you do webinars too and you have your own way of doing it. So like, you know, excuse me for stepping on your toes here a little bit, because you probably have a different way of doing this that actually does work. But, you know, when someone asks me, hey, will you, post, will you promote this webinar? I better know the person really well. If they ask me like, hey, I have this great book and it adds this value, I can flip through this book and say, yep, this is fantastic. I'd love to share that with my audience because it shares its great value. So I just learned a really great nugget there of just like a distinction um, that, I'm really excited to be using this actually. So, so thanks for sharing that. Well, good. Yeah. I mean, we, we do webinars really following a very similar approach using the webinar as, um, you know, as kind of a packaged piece of information, just like the book is a packaged piece of information. One of the things that we have discovered though, is that, um, you know, there, there are some challenges with webinars. It used to work a lot better than it does. Um, and it used to work better because everybody wasn't doing it, but now, you know, um, you know, so many of the people who will host a webinar for you want you to reciprocate. And I'm perfectly happy to do that with people that I know well and, um, and that, that we're, you know, we're both kind of collaborating in that way. But it, sooner or later, it, it, kind of, um, it kind of becomes difficult to keep doing it because there's only so many webinars you can promote to your network or your audience. You run out of days on the calendar. You have your own things to promote. And with books, what I've found is that it is, it's a benign uh, offer. You know, with webinars, there's usually multiple emails and they're, they're often a little bit pitchy trying to get people to register and all this. You don't have to do all that with a book. If the book has got a really great title that would be of interest to people that are in your network, all you've got to do is send a really simple email or in some cases, you know, we've, we've shared books with our audience where, um, you know, we, we're sending it just as a part of our, our weekly uh, email newsletter, just at the top, put a little announcement. Hey, we, uh, you know, in fact, I just did this for uh, one of our, our mutual colleagues, Michael Zapersky, with his new book. At the top of, of the email, I said, hey, my, my friend Michael Zapersky's got a great new book out. You should go check it out. Click here. And a whole lot of people did that, you know, but it, it wasn't perceived as being 
salesy or pitchy or pushy. It was, it was me showing up and saying, hey, I've got this great resource. I just thought I'd share it with you. I got love notes back from people uh, because I shared that. So, you know, it's just a different approach. Sure. And you know what? One thing that I'm noticing here too is that you're talking about podcasts and books. What do they, both of both things have in common is they're very referable mm-hmm. and they're a very um, low amount of friction to make that referral. People are asking, you know, what are the best books you've been reading right now? What podcasts are you listening to? Nobody's asking what webinars am I missing right now? <laughs> right. And that's exactly there's this perception that like you're getting on and uh, you know, the first 15 minutes is them drawing on about themselves. And then um, you know, 15, 20 minutes of content maybe. And then it's like this big sales pitch. And I know that's not how you do the, your webinars for your clients. And that's why they get great results with them. Um, you're absolutely brilliant at that. I know you've, you've looked over some of our workshops that we've done given some great feedback. So um, thank you. But that's just like the typical uh, perception so you have to be dealing with that perception. So I love that these, these tools that you have um, really are overcoming those, those objections. Well, it really gives you a way to, uh, you know, to scale. If you're in a service business, that's one of the most difficult things. You're brilliant at, at scaling service businesses, Mandy. And one of the ways that, that you can effectively scale a service business is to package up your knowledge. At the end of the day, you're selling your expertise, you're selling your experience and the knowledge that, that you've acquired through the years. And it's particularly when we're selling a service that's very hard to demonstrate. This gives you a way through the book, you're kind of capturing it and demonstrating your expertise there and you're packaging it in a, in a way that is assumed to be or authoritative just because of the way that you package it. You know, some of the books that are, that, you know, that we create with clients aren't really long books, but the fact that they're packaged that way, they are perceived completely differently than, for example, a white paper or a report or something like that. Um, But the podcast also gives you really amazing opportunities to demonstrate what you do. So Mandy, I know on the podcast, normally you don't have a lot of guests. It's usually you kind of, you know, sharing your, your wisdom with your listeners. And it's just a public demonstration of what it would be like to work with you. You know, and for most of the companies that we work with, they will do a combination of solo episodes like that where they're talking about what they do and then conversations and interviews where they're building relationships with people that, uh, that could potentially, you know, massively refer them. That was actually going to be my next question, the balance. What's the balance between you sharing your content and just floating everyone else's content by? So thanks for answering that. Well, and I, I, think, I think that's a sliding scale. Um, so if you're at a place right now where you've got a lot of unconverted leads and you know, you've know you got quality leads in the database, but for whatever reason, they're not converting, I might skew it a little bit more towards more solo episodes. You know? And then as you, you feel like you've, um, you've gotten all you can out of your existing unconverted leads and you want to really start ramping up lead generation, I might shift it more towards partner interviews, you know, um, and you, and that's the great thing about it. You're never locked into one format. You know, people get in their mind that, oh, well, if I start a podcast, it's just going to be this one way. Well, it doesn't have to be that. We've successfully uh, adjusted our format. We started off 100% partner interviews and that worked great. We generated a lot of leads out of that and we still do those. 
we now have shifted more towards a 50-50 model. So for every partner interview we do, I do a solo episode. And, um, and that has helped our, our overall conversion rate. So, um, you know, so you can sort of move it back and forth. I love that. And I find that that's a good strategy as well. Is, you know, there's, there's so many reasons to have a podcast other than just generating new leads. There's being able to have the, the ability to connect with anyone you want, really. And there's the ability to interview your clients right on it, right? You probably have that, that, um, that testimonial feature right there. Yeah, that's really the, so we have a three-pronged approach to interviews, solo interviews, which we've talked about, partner interviews that we've talked about. And the third is clients. You will get amazing long form case studies from your clients when you interview them. So I love that you're doing that because I think that so many service businesses have a difficult time actually demonstrating proof in their business. And there's so much money left on the table because they're not actually bringing it to the front. This is the kind of, these are the kind of results that we're providing for our clients. And I think the reason why they're doing that, um, one is they're just, they get really busy. I'd love to hear what your perspective on this is too. But the other one, I think that they're like, they're like scared to be that guy who's making these really big claims because there are other people in the industry, they're competitors that are burning clients, making these big outlandish offers. And then they're dealing with picking up the pieces afterwards. Have you found that to be the case? You know, I, I think a lot of it is just that it takes time. Um, you know, for a lot of, of uh, folks in service businesses, you work on a project basis. And so there's a big rush and a lot of stress to get a project done with a client or an engagement finished. And then you're on to the next one so quickly that, a lot of times you don't go back and do the things that you, you should do to really wrap that, that project up with that client, even if you're going on to a new project with them. So you don't stop to get testimonials and, and case studies and things like that. Um, you know, and, and I honestly think, Mandy, that a lot of people just get used to the fact that they deliver really good results for people. And so it doesn't seem out of the norm for them. It's just sort of what they do. So I think that accounts for some of it. And then some of it is they just don't know how to go about it. And that's one of the reasons that I think doing, uh, doing a few of these sort of case study interviews works so well, because you can sit down with a, a client, you've got a relationship with them already, you can tell them, look, I, I want to talk a little bit about how you, you, know, you came to me with this problem. And I just want to talk through the journey that you went on to overcome that problem. You know, it doesn't, you don't have to sit there and sing our praises. If you do, that's great. But I really want to capture something that will help someone who is where you were at the beginning. And so they can hear your story and they can see that the transformation is possible and that the end result that you got that they really want is possible for them. And I think if we sat down and did that, it would be a tremendous service. And, and when you talk to your clients that way, they can buy into that. It's like, you know, they're joining you on your mission. And I think this is really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. I've found the same thing where I've never had a client say, no, I don't want to be on the podcast, right? And you don't have to ask them to sing your praises. You just ask them to share their story. Like, like that, the way that you formatted, I think is, is really um, beneficial. They're going to sing your praises. So you don't have to ask them to. And one of the things I like about that is that it, it provides really great content and people can really listen and say, I can relate with this person. I have these same kind of challenges. 
The other thing I like about it too is that if you have a page full of testimonials on your website. You know what? People make those up sometimes. They, unfortunately, people just flat out lie and put um, made up testimonials on their website. So I think that, that prospects can be looking at them and saying, hmm, is that, is that really true? But if you have it linked to a podcast episode, you even take a clip out of it, like there's proof right there. Yeah, it's so funny you, you bring that up. So I, I have a client that's been with me now for seven years and she's phenomenal. Um, and she works with community banks, totally transforms these banks. And the, when I first started working with her, the big challenge we had was that the transformation was so unbelievable that the testimonials, the, the kind of performance numbers that she was creating in these banks, other bankers would look at it and they'd go, well, that's just not possible. I mean, literally, they would say that. And it was a big problem because we put these things out there and people would think that we were making it up. And we, you know, we weren't. It was all absolutely true. You could go look on their, their public filings and see the numbers. But um, what we started doing was using the same formula, um, not, not in a podcast, but in, in video form. And we would have my client just interview her clients, the CEOs of these small banks for 30 or 45 minutes and have them talk about the journey and the transformation. Well, it, it changed her marketing overnight. We actually would take those. We put all the videos up on, on her website. Uh, we turned it into a, a, a little internet TV show. And then we would take the transcripts and have those edited and put into a book. So we're now, I think, on volume three of... Uh, of case study books. And so whenever somebody comes into her world, you know, and, and uh, she gets a really great prospect inquiring about their services, they put those case study books along with the other books that she's written and some other things in a box and they ship it out to that prospect because now they've got these fantastic assets that do all the selling for them, you know, and, and it's indisputable because it's in the words of these, these other uh, CEOs. That's absolutely genius. So, and what I'm hearing you say, which you didn't actually say, but um, <laughs> that you're pulling all these pieces together to be able to form this very robust marketing system. Yes. And it's from the foundation of the podcast, but there's all these, there's all these different pieces that you're adding in as I'm assuming as you're continuing to grow this channel. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It's not about doing the podcast. And I, I think I said this at the beginning, I want to reiterate it the podcast just gives you a very easy way to capture information because all you have to do is talk and you don't have to write anything. You don't have to sit there and labor over your marketing message. If you are already successfully communicating with potential clients one-on-one, -on -one, then you have all the skills that you need to be really great at, uh, you know, at, at marketing. You just need a medium that will work really powerfully for you. And, uh, and so, yeah, we use the podcast as sort of the hub. I call it the Swiss army knife of marketing because we capture it there and then it can be reused. And we've got a, you know, for our clients, we have a team in place that turns it into email marketing. It turns it into social media, goes on their website. It, you know, we, we turn it into a book. We, we do all kinds of things with it. Um, but we couldn't do that if it required the business owner to do a lot of work. You know, so our kind of our promise to our clients is all you have to do is show up and talk. We do the rest. And whether you do this yourself with your internal team or you hire an outside team or you work with a firm like ours, 
as the CEO of the business, your job is just to show up and talk, not to go do the rest of it. I heard uh, uh, a trainer one time talk about uh, Frank Sinatra. You know, when Frank Sinatra put on a show, he wasn't out front selling the tickets. You know, he wasn't moving the piano. He wasn't sweeping up after the show. Frank Sinatra came in and everything was set up and he sang. And as the CEO, that's your job. Your job is to show up and, and really do just a few things. Number one, you've got to set the vision for the business. Two, you've got to create the messaging, what it, you know, communicating how you deliver value in the world. And then three, you've got to create strategic relationships that the business needs. And beyond that, you need a team around you to do everything else. Well, I love that analogy, the Frank Sinatra analogy. And um, it's really smart. There's a, f- a few things that I am, I am noticing about you and your journey. And I kind of alluded to it earlier. So one of the things that I've noticed is that in, in the podcasting industry, and I know you're not like, pod, it's not about the podcast, but I just want to just mention this because you can go and start a podcast and you can have someone put together this beautiful production and it sounds amazing. And um, like all the technical details, the design, everything down to the T is just beautiful, but they don't know how to monetize it. <laughs> right. So you're just paying money to have a, for a, for a production company to make it sound good, right? Um, and then you have, on the other side of it, you have marketing consultants that can tell you how to monetize all sorts of different kinds of marketing channels, but they're not going to implement it for you. They're just going to be this talking head that just tells you, go do this thing and you're left, okay, uh, how do I do all this? I've got all these other things. We don't even have the capability on our team to do this. And um, what I love is that I've seen that you've combined the two so that you, you have this, this firm that actually delivers real results. Well, and that we kind of backed into it, uh, as you know. I mean, yeah. we, we used to be, the journey. yeah, so we used to be the, the consultant that you'd go to and we'd give you the great strategy and our clients loved that stuff, but they kept coming back saying, gosh, I'm just having a really hard time implementing this. And uh, that's funny. I had uh, probably what will turn out to be the most important conversation of my career with uh, one of our longtime clients. Uh, he was a consulting client at the time, and I, he was frustrated because he just couldn't get uh, the, the things that we had talked about. You know, we set these quarterly goals for him to implement in his marketing, and he couldn't get it done. And he was just hitting a brick wall. And, um, and I finally just said, you know, look, if we just did that for you, would it be helpful? And he's like, oh, my gosh, that'd be amazing. So we did it. It was no big deal for us because we had the team. We had the systems. We knew what to do. He was beating his head against a brick wall. Uh, but for us, it was really easy. And, um, you know, it's funny, like I had, uh, I had, we do quarterly calls with all of our clients and plan strategy, and I had them the following week. And I noticed that others were having, you know, similar issues. And I said, well, if we just did that for you, would it, would it be helpful? Like, yeah, it'd be amazing. All, all of them. So we really right then and there converted all of our consulting clients into, uh, you know, people that were doing their marketing for them. And, uh, you know, and I think that's, that's what most business owners are looking for. Most people got into business because they really want to be in the business that they're in. Yes, they've got a market. Yes, they've got to sell, but they probably don't want to become professional marketers. And, uh, you know, and that's our job. That's what we do. Well, 
I want to point out a few things that, that you're doing right about your business. I hope you don't mind me doing this. Um, Better than pointing out the ones we're doing wrong, right? <laughs> so you've moved from being a consultant and saying, this is what you need to do and providing accountability structure and, you know, doing all the things that you really should be doing as a good consultant to actually identifying, like, these are some gaps. Can we just do these for you? And most consultants aren't willing to do that. As you know, they're like most coaches, consultants are like, no, like I just, you know, it's not scalable for me. It doesn't really work for me. I don't really want to do that. Really what it comes down to is them saying, I really don't want to take responsibility here. Um, so I'm just going to call that out. And you're definitely not in that camp and you never have been. And that's why I've really enjoyed our friendship is because I've seen you really develop into um, just following the market and where your clients really need support. So I think that's really cool. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And you've developed this hands-off business and we can touch about this, but you have, you're, you're definitely a hands-off CEO because you've been able to effectively get your strategies into a way that is, that is built into a system that your team can actually implement and that you can do that sustainably and profitably. And the reason why that's important is because if it's not sustainable and profitable for you as a business, what happens is that your clients' results suck. That's what's, that's what's going on when you're seeing these like up and down type of results from companies. I know you know this, I'm not preaching to you. Um, but for, for the listeners, that's what's going on here. And this is also why we don't work with solo consultants. We only work with, with um, consulting companies that are committed to actually implementing solutions with their clients in some way, actually being responsible for delivering real results. And that's exactly what you're doing, Steve. So I just want to acknowledge you for that. Well, thank you. Yeah, I think it's important for, you know, for folks to think about what part of the business are you really naturally gifted at? So for me, I love the idea part, the strategy part, and I'm still very involved in that with our clients because that's, you know, if you wake me up, you know, in the morning and, and ask me, what do I want to do today? That's what I want to do today. I love brainstorming with clients, you know, how we can get them better results. Um, you know, and then the team takes that and, uh, and is able to implement it. And that's, uh, to me, you want to think about what, what's your role and where does, where's the line drawn around you? You know, if you think about painting a circle on the floor and you've got to stand in the circle and your job is just to sort of hand things across the line to other people to go and, and do what they're really great at. Um, if you can, if you can build a team where you're standing in your circle and they're in their circles and all you're doing is passing things back and forth, man, you got a great business and life becomes a lot easier. Love it. I love it. So, um, Steve, is there any question I didn't ask you that I should have asked you? Oh my gosh. We could, we could have talked about all sorts of things. I'm sure. Um, I think we, I think we really covered it really well. You're, you're a great interviewer as always. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, well, Steve, where can people find you? So, Mandy, what we've done, we've set up a page for your listeners. And uh, what I'd like to do, if it's okay with you, I'd like to give them a copy of my new book, Podcast Prospecting. And, uh, and that it'll take them deeper into, uh, into everything that we talked about today. So it kind of outlines chapter by chapter the whole strategy. Um, you could probably take that book and implement it yourself if you want. Um, and, uh, and certainly we, we'd be happy to help if, if you're looking for help. Um, but if they go to unstoppableceo.net slash 
hands-off CEO. So unstoppableceo.net slash hands-off CEO. They'll uh, find a, a link to download the book there. Uh, we've got this great new assessment tool called the Inevitable Growth Scorecard. And they can uh, score themselves on their, where their business development stands in eight key areas. And it'll help them focus on where they are now and, and where they need to focus most to improve uh, going forward. And uh, if they'd like to, to talk with me personally, there's a link on there where they can book on my calendar. Great offer. Wow. Um, and I did buy your book. I bought it on Amazon. So this is a great opportunity that people are getting it for free. I bought the book and I, I'm glad you I should have told it. me I, I would have sent you a book. I didn't. I know you would have, but I just, I just bought it. So, um, so anyway, uh, I was able to read it in like one evening, actually. So you, I was able to get through it pretty quickly, which is, which is great. So, um, and then the content is, is, uh, superb as always with all of your content. You. So, um, Definitely go back. The link again, unstoppableceo.com forward slash hands-off CEO. Uh, unstoppableceo.net slash hands-off CEO. No, that's okay. okay. Thank you. Thank you for correcting me on that. Um, well, and, and you know what? If anyone listening is saying, you know what? I just want this taken care of. I would highly recommend Steve Gordon and his service. I, like I said, I've seen him for years. This is an official endorsement. I do... A, I do um, recommend their services and um, we, we send clients over to them uh, or prospects, people that aren't a good fit for us. We send over all the time. So um, he's definitely, their, their company is some, someone um, to definitely learn from. And if it's a good fit, you know, you should, should definitely look into um, working with them. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Mandy. This has been fantastic. Yeah. It's, the pleasure has been mine. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Hands-Off CEO with Mandy Ellefson. If you want to work less and make more, make sure you subscribe and get a new episode every week and help spread the word by leaving a review.